Today's scripture will be coming from Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Thank you, gentlemen. Beloved, it's wonderful to see everyone. Uh, appreciate all of you tuning in out there in um, our electronic land with all the social media and the ways that you can do that. I've been asked to make a very quick announcement, and I will try to be brief about this. But uh, what we're going to do, uh, the elders have met and decided to kind of, I guess you'd call reopen the church, uh, or at least the building, um, and um, kind of on a, 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 a precautionary type basis and following the rules or the, or the requests that they have that the government has given us concerning this COVID-19 um, and uh, we're going to begin on the 17th of this month, okay, this Sunday, uh, next Sunday. Uh, now, we want you to understand, brethren, this is optional. Uh, use your common sense. That's all we've been saying for the, uh, the whole uh, gist of this. Um, and, and if you think you're vulnerable yet and, and you don't need to be out, then stay home and continue to uh, worship God with us online. Um, but there are those who, who are good and healthy and think that everything's going to be fine. And so what we're going to do, very briefly, we're going to have two worship services, one in the morning at 10.30 and the evening at 6 p.m. Uh, going to continue to have our Bible class Sunday morning. Each service will be limited to 70 people due, of course, to the current restrictions, okay? And seating is going to be set up to maintain the social distancing guidelines. So everything's going to be safe. Uh, um, there'll be a registration set up for each service. So um, what we're asking everyone to do is to register for the services that you can attend, and um, this is available through our website, our mobile app, or just simply by calling the office and letting Mr. Robbie know, okay? All the particulars, brethren, is in this Sunday's bulletin, so if you get that online, then, then just go to, and look at that and, and see all the particulars about that. Um, we're anxious, of course, to get everything back to, as we would say, back to normal um, and to be able to worship together once again. So those of you that feel comfortable with doing that, um, uh, please sign up and, and uh, let's begin to get back to that and, and assembling together as, as uh, we're so very blessed to be able to do. Uh, today being Mother's Day, of course, we want to um, honor our mothers. And as Terry mentioned, that it shouldn't be just one time a year. Of course, that, that mothers are mothers all year long. We need to certainly be honoring them. But um, there are certain things that only your mom can teach. You know, they say your parents become your first teachers, and that's so true of mom. And I, I want to share with you some things I'm sure you all that are, my, are well, actually grown, um, can, can relate to, and maybe some of you young folk are going through this right now. Let me tell you some things that, that your mom can teach you, okay? My mother taught me about anticipation, right? She'd say, you just wait until your father gets home. My mother taught me about receiving, right? You're going to get it when your dad gets home, right? Um, <clears throat> my mom taught me about logic. She, she would say things like, if you fall out of that swing and break your neck, you're not going to go to town with me. Logic, right? My mother taught me how to think ahead. If you don't pass that spelling test, you'll never get a good job, right? Uh, these are the things that your mom teaches you. My mom taught me about a sense of humor, right? She said, when that lawnmower cuts your foot off, don't come running to me, right? Uh, and, uh, or, or my mom taught me how to become an adult, right? If you don't eat your vegetables, you'll never grow up. You ever hear that? You know, I just thought, oh, well, I'll just stay a puny little kid all my life, right? No, actually, I love vegetables. Um, 
What about this one? My mom taught me about genetics, you know. You're just like your father. Uh, my mom also taught me about my roots. Boy, do you think you was born in a barn? You remember that? Or, um, and my mom, my favorite is my mom taught me about justice. She'd tell us boys constantly, one day you, ki- you boys are going to have kids and they're going to turn out just like you and I just can't wait to see what I had to use for you to see what I had to put up with. You remember? Okay? So your moms can teach you so many things, brethren. And in, in all seriousness, they are our mothers and, and we love them with all of our hearts. And so moms, we want in some small way to honor you today. And we're going to look at um, um, a very special mother in the Bible in Luke chapter 1 um, about Mary and, and what the angel of the Lord said about her, that she was in the Greek, I know some versions put it differently, but in the Greek, the Bible says that the angel pronounced to Mary that she was highly favored of God. And that's what we're going to be looking at. If you would look at Luke 1, verses 26 through 38, and we'll read this together, and then this will be our text for this morning, and a very appropriate one, okay? Verse 26 of Luke chapter 1 now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, he being the angel, greetings, favored one, literally in the Greek, highly favored of God, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept uh, pondering what kind of salutation this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, but you, because you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and the kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, obviously, brethren, this is all new to her, and she's very perplexed about this. And so, verse 34, she says, how can this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and for that reason the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bondslave of the Lord, may it be done according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Beloved, of all the young women in the world at that time, God specifically chose Mary to be the mother of Jesus. And so he sends his angel to her and informed her that she, because of that, was highly favored of God. Verse 28 of our text. The angel did not immediately tell Mary how she was to be favored of God. And so that's why she's perplexed, you know. He just, he just, that's the salutation, you know, and said, you are highly favored of God. And, of course, she would wonder about that. And, and so he, he doesn't tell her immediately how she's highly favored. He doesn't tell her right off the bat that, that this is the reason God considers her highly favored and that she's going to bear the Son of God and, and be, uh, as a virgin, become conceived and have the, give birth to Jesus Christ. And so for right now, he has simply announced to her 
that she was highly favored of God. Brethren, it's important for mothers to see that they're highly favored of God because I believe they are. Mary was highly favored for a particular reason, but I believe Christian mothers today are also highly favored of God. They're highly favored of God just by being allowed to be mothers. Ladies, God chose you specifically to bear children. And I know during childbirth, you don't think that's a great favor, but God highly favored you in that regard. And so he has given mothers the privilege and the awesome responsibility to make themselves available uh, to receive his favor in this way. Godly mothers are especially, I believe, highly favored of God. And here's how God favors godly mothers, okay? Brethren, number one today, God has highly favored mothers with powerful influence. We can look back over our life and see the influence that our mother had on our life. Now, brethren, we're going to mention this in a minute, but let me start by saying, and the Bible bears this out from Genesis to Revelation. It shows mothers who influenced their children greatly for God, and it shows mothers who influenced their children also greatly to do evil. And so, but mothers have a, a powerful influence one way of the other. Do you uh, ever consider, beloved, our mother's contribution in our life? Anna Jarvis from Philadelphia did, which is why she continued to push for celebrating Mother's Day. And in 1907, Congress later set aside the second Sunday in May, and the uh, florists of our nation are financially grateful for what has become known as Mother's Day. Um, most of the great men of the earth have talked about the influence that their mothers have had in their life. Abraham Lincoln said, no man is poor who has a godly mother. George Washington added, a, uh, the greatest teacher I ever had was my mother. Napoleon Bonaparte said, let France have good mothers and she will have good sons. Winston Churchill if we want to change our nation, begin by enlisting the mothers. He said this at a time where they were enlisting men to go into the military. He saw something of even greater importance. Henry Ward Beecher said, The mother's heart is the child's schoolroom. Oliver Wendell Holmes said, Youth fades, love droops, the leaves of friendship fall, a mother's love outlives them all. Brethren, some forget how much of their character is the direct result of a mother's love and patience and teaching and influence. Forgetting our mother's influence can cause people to wander from the path of eternal success. That's why our Creator impedes us to not forsake our mother's teaching, as is mentioned in Proverbs 1.8. Rather than a good example of this is that, I'm talking about a mother's influence. I, I read a story of a, a church program one time. A little boy was to go forward, about five years old, and he was to recite the scripture that he had memorized for the occasion. And of course, mom had worked with him, and he, and he had this memorized man. He could quote it, you know, in front of mama a million times. But when he gets in front of a big old crowd and a couple of hundred eyes are peering at him, you know, and it caused him to forget the memory verse and what he was supposed to say. And in the front row, of course, mama was almost frantic, and, and, and she's, and she's trying to get his attention, and she's mouthing the words, and he just can't seem to get it, you know, and he's on the verge of tears. And, and finally, 
her mom leans forward a little bit and she, she kind of whispers loudly to him the beginning of the verse, I am the light of the world. And a little boy pumps up with great confidence and he says, my mother is the light of the world. And everybody laughed at first, but then it began to dawn on these folk that a lot of truth in that statement. That, that, that boy's mother truly was the light of his world. Beloved, our mothers have a powerful influence on us. There's two that that my mom especially had in her secret arsenal, you know. Us boys, we were boys, you know. Mom and I had five boys. Mama could wear us out. Mama could sling a belt pretty good. Not as good as Daddy, but Mama could do it pretty good. And Mama could wear us out, and that was okay. We were boys. We... That was it. That was the way it was supposed to be. We understood that, you know. We act up, which we did on a daily basis. Mama whooped you behind, and that was the way it was. We just go on about our business, right? And and so, but man, Mama could give you the look. Y'all know the look. Y'all remember that? Some of you kids now, you remember the look? You can't. Mama say, "Look me in the eye," and you're like. Yeah, you just can't do it. Look me in the eye and say that. She gives you this look, and it's like, oh, you know, man, you know your life is hanging by a thread right then, right? Or even worse, that, brethren, mama's tool, the most effective in our life, were tears. Ah, that was rough, wasn't it? Your mama, (coughs) she could be mad at you. That's okay. But boy, when she starts shedding them tears, and she'd say, son, I'm disappointed in you. And then it's like, oh, Mama, beat me to death, but don't cry. Brethren, Mamas have an influence, and we should thank God for those mothers that influence us in the right way. It's a good thing to be a teacher of good things. It is a much better thing to be a shower of good things. Brothers and sisters, the Bible tells us to do that. In 1 Corinthians 11, 1, be imitators of me, Paul said, just as I also am a Christ. He said, I'm going to show you how to live. And you imitate that. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 through 5, says that we are to do that as well, brethren, that we are to imitate Christ. That, that as, as we see certain things, okay? Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossip or enslaved to much wine. Why? Because they need to teach what is good so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands and to love their children. To be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind being subject to their own husbands so that the word of God will not be dishonored. Brothers and sisters, we've heard all of our life that actions speak louder than words, and children can turn out to a large measure the way that their mothers lived before them and we see that you see ezekiel said as is the mother so is her daughter ezekiel 16 verse 44 notice that it is not what the mother says that determines what her daughter will be according to ezekiel it's the way the mother is it is her actions and her example my little children 1 John 3, 18 says, Let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but what? In deed and in truth. Brothers and sisters, we need to understand that. I know of a preacher that received a letter from a mother, and this letter was I'm horribly critical. It criticized him severely. It criticized him unfairly. She also criticized every other preacher she knew 
She criticized every church she had ever gone to. And the last sentence she said, I have five children and they all hate God and his church. Well, brethren, is there any wonder why? We influence. Mothers influence children either for good or evil. Those mothers who have influenced your children for good and mamas you have, I know you feel inadequate and that you haven't done a good enough job if you have grown children, but that's the nature of a mother. You and mothers, you mothers who are mothers at this time with children at home, I want to encourage you and let you know you're doing a good job. You're trying to bring those children up in Christ. With all your imperfections, and we all have them, you are doing your best to raise your children in the Lord, and so you are to be praised for that and encouraged for that, and I believe God holds you as highly favored because of that. In order to be the proper example for the child, a mother, and I would add, of course, a father, parents must be faithful Christians, brethren. You cannot, as we've already talked about, action speaking louder than words, you cannot tell your children something and then not live it out. You've got to be faithful Christians. I hope we understand that because, see, parents, mothers have a powerful influence for an eternity, one way or the other. And we certainly want to influence our children to go in the right direction when it comes to serving God. Secondly, God has highly favored mothers by encouraging them. If you see in our text in Luke 1, beginning with verse 34, to the end uh, is, is this, um, and we won't reread it, but, but you can, it's on the screen. But brethren, you imagine the roller coaster ride that Mary had been on with the message of the angel just appears to her out of the blue, unexpectedly, tells her what he tells her, gives her that news. Is she going to be... Uh, have a miraculous birth, you know, and he's going to be the Savior of the world. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, was going to come for her. And don't you think, brethren, that after all of that, she needed some encouragement at the same time? So what does the, uh, God do through his angel? He provides her with two great strongholds. First, he tells her, he talks about fellowship with other godly mothers. Why did the angel bring up at this particular time, you know what? Elizabeth is also pregnant, a lady that was barren, that's too old to have children, and, and she is also barren. And so why, brethren, it is no surprise that Mary, upon hearing this news, goes and spends three months with her, with Elizabeth, right? Why did she do that? Because she needed the encouragement. One of the things that I miss about our society today is because we get so spread out, brethren. And, and, but there was a time when I was a child that, that we all lived close proximity to each other. My aunts and uncles and, and my dad and his uh, brothers, and you know, we all married. They all married. They all stayed in Boston for a good while. And, and, and so whenever anybody in the family got pregnant, all the aunts and all the grandmothers and, and all the, you, you know, all those that already had kids, you know, they, they'd take this new mama and, 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 and they, they just wrapped around her, so to speak, and encouraged her and helped her get through it all because this is all brand new to her and helped her know how to take care of the baby. And, and, and it was a wonderful thing, brethren. And so, and so the angel tells Mary about Elizabeth and her situation. And so they can go and Elizabeth can encourage her. And I imagine Mary also was an encouragement to Elizabeth this, at this time, brethren. So God uh, favors mothers by encouraging them, you know. And, and so, brethren, that's what we need to understand and help them to do. We need to have fellowship with godly mothers. Mothers, you need to do that. 
um, you need to get with people that do that. The, the scripture that we talk about in Timothy about him encouraging the older women to teach the younger ones, they can encourage them in a great way, and you need to do that with one another. And, and, parent, and I would ask us, because moms need encouragement. They really do. They have a tough, tough job. I would ask us, guys, are we encouraging our mothers? It doesn't matter if you're this high or if you're in your 60s. Are you encouraging your mother? Beloved, I love and appreciate all the things that's put out on the Internet and Facebook and all those uh, social media about people who have lost their mothers and how they would do anything to be able to have another conversation with her and how they wish she was still on this earth and how much they miss her. And all those things are wonderful, brothers and sisters, but what about the time she is on this earth? Are you encouraging her? Are you lifting her up? Your mom needs that. Grown folk, your mama still needs that. Just because you're out of her household and on your own now, she needs that phone call. She needs to know how you're doing. She needs that encouragement. So let's give her that. Human nature is to take people for granted. Human nature is to take those we love the most for granted. But we need to be careful not to do that because as so many testimonies on the Facebook tell you, there's people that took their parents for granted, and now they miss that tremendously that they're gone. Take advantage of that time. God encourages mothers. We need to be doing the same thing and allow God to use us as his people to encourage our godly mothers. Secondly, stronghold he gives her is assurance of his great power. You know what he says in verses 37? For with God... Nothing will be impossible. One translation says God can do anything. Brethren, when Mary heard that uh, and, and then began to really think about that, that statement about she was going to bear a child as a virgin and, and how this would have to be a miraculous thing, the angel reassures her by saying, look, even Elizabeth, she's way past her prime. She's way past childbearing age, and yet she's pregnant, and, and God did this through his Holy Spirit, and so God can do anything. With God, everything is possible. Brothers and sisters, we need to understand that. We always, Christians need to understand, that, understand this. Mothers especially need to understand this, okay? Um, <clears throat> I think this is a great encouragement that Mary really needed at this time as a young lady and trying to digest everything that she's been told and wondering, obviously, as a human being, how's this going to happen? And so she's told God can do anything. You know, we ask sometimes as parents, Father, how can I raise a child in this world of sin and, and degradation without them falling to the many temptations around them? And God replies, God can do anything. And parents say, Father, how can I overcome the trials in my life? This child is a difficult process. And God replies, with God, nothing is impossible. That's how we do it. Beloved, have you ever, and I'm speaking specifically to mamas today, ladies, have you ever asked those how can I questions to God? And that's legitimate. We need to do that. God, how can I do this, and how can I do that, and, and how can I help my child that's going through this particular crisis in their life? How can I do that? And God's reply basically is, you can't. But with God, everything is possible. 
Brethren, this is God's great power of encouragement. Mary received encouragement in her time of fear and wondering from God because God said, I'm going to take care of this, Mary. I'm, I'm going to work with you. My Holy Spirit's going to be there, you see. And, and brethren, it, it just, it puzzles us, right? I mean, I mean our mamas are, you know, trying to raise them children, right? And, and, they, and they look at it, and, and, and that's what Christian moms think about and ask about today, you know. Uh, they look at the moral degradation in this world, and it's frightening when they see the drugs and the alcohol and the school shootings and the peer pressure and all of that stuff. And, and we think, how can we raise a righteous child in such an unrighteous world? And I think if Mary were here today, she would, she, uh, would give the mothers this advice and say, you know what? You can't do it on your own. You've got to trust God. And as humans, we oftentimes can't comprehend this power, but we trust God. We trust God. Someone said, as a mother, my job is to take care of what is possible and trust God with the impossible. That's good advice, mothers. The Lord would be with Mary. She didn't have to walk through all this alone. God was with her. Mary's life had pleased God to the point that he could favor her to, be called, to have his child to bring the Messiah into the world, and she allowed God to use her in that regard, and God looked after her, brethren. He took care of her, and he's going to do the same today. I think every mother, especially those still raising their children, needs to hear this. I think moms that when you look at the things happening in our world today and the problems people are having with their kids, I want God to be with you as a parent. Don't try to raise them without God's help. This holds true of dads as well, but we're encouraging our mothers today. Thirdly, brethren, and God, we're almost done, but God has highly favored mothers by using them to change the world. <clears throat> you know us men, we like to think we are the movers and the shakers, right? We go to war. We save countries. We do these. We provide for our children. We, you know, brethren, we have our role, of course, and I'm not taking away from that at all, but mothers are those who change the world in the background, in the shadows, right? Out of the limelight. If this world's going to be turned around, it's going to start with mothers. I believe that, brethren, as many people have already said. They are the ones who can change the next generation. They give birth to the next generation. They are their first teachers, their greatest influence, as we've seen. When Napoleon was asked what it would take to win the great war that France was involved in, he said this, France needs good mothers. They were surprised that he didn't say France needs good soldiers. He said France needs good mothers. And he went on to say what we need, and brethren, I'm going to repeat this because it's so accurate. What we need is more mothers, not more women with children, but more women who are real mothers. What we need is more mothers, not women with children, but more women who are real mothers. Mama, you be that kind. You be that kind. That's the kind God wants you to be. And it is the same way today, brethren. We always need good, godly, Christian mothers. 
because it's in their hand that the future lies. He also said, as we quoted earlier, Napoleon, let France have good mothers and she will have good sons. <clears throat> James Dobson and Gary Bauer wrote, co-wrote a book, and this is what they said, and I, I want to quote this for Mother's Day. They said, countless times each day, a mother does what no one else can do quite as well. She wipes away a tear, whispers a word of hope, eases a child's fear. She teaches, ministers, loves, and nurtures the next generation of citizens. And she challenges her kids to do their best and to be their best, but no editorials praise these accomplishments. Where is the coverage our mothers rightfully deserve? Brethren, how did God plan to get his people out of Egypt when they were in Egyptian slavery? He had Jochebed raise him up a leader, right? That's what he did. How did he plan to prepare the way for the coming of Jesus? He had Elizabeth raise up a John the Baptizer. How did he plan or how did he carry out what we would call his plan of redemption? in order to save us from our sins? He chose Mary, a young lady he considered highly favored. He chose her to give birth to the Savior of all of mankind. Ladies, the power of training, the power of influence that you mamas have is greater than that that's ever been yielded by politicians or militaries or the media or colleges and universities. <clears throat> Values taught at the mother's knee is more powerful than guns and dynamite. The hand that rocks the cradle still rules. Mamas, we honor you. We appreciate you. We also consider you highly favored, although we don't say it enough. There was a college, uh, a university, a while back that asked 600 students what was the most beautiful single word in the English language. They could just use one word. 422 wrote the word mother. 112 wrote home. So, brethren, of the most beautiful word in the language, of our language, 534 out of 600 put down either mother or home. Moms, we don't say it and show it often enough, but we truly do love and appreciate and honor you and for everything that you have done and you continue to do. And you are, you godly mothers, you're highly favored of God. Now, parents, let me close this morning to say this, and, I, and this refers, of course, not only to our mothers, but fathers as well, and I think especially to fathers because they're to be the spiritual leaders of the household. <clears throat> but you cannot raise a child the way that child needs to be raised apart from God. You can't do it. You may think you can, but you cannot do it. And if you want that child to live for an eternity, 
in heaven and not in hell, then you've got to be a godly. You have got to be a Christian. If you're not there, we want to show you how. From God's word, please contact us and let us know how we may help you. And mothers, again, we love you. We honor you. Thank you.